Here we go, here we go, here we go. Alex and Brian in front of you right now behind the microphone. Nick behind the screens doing what it is he does, the Wizard of Oz, Oscar Diggs himself. Coming to you this week in a different capacity. We're really opening things up on the Holler Pod. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to bring in new playlists, and we're going to give Brian his own show. What? Unheard oh, yeah. of. Uh, episode one of the Grassy Knoll. Brian sits down with his friend Alex Carr, former footballer at University of Northern Iowa. Played ball there with David Johnson. Shout out fantasy football three years ago. You left me high, high and dry two years in a row, David, but it's okay. I'll get over that part. Uh, Alex lives in Minneapolis, so Brian was able to track him down, kind of get his take on what's going on in the world right now. Uh, Brian, what do you want to say about it? Yeah, uh, first off, let me just thank Alex again. I love you, man. Um, hope you're doing well. Hope, hope you enjoyed coming on, and hope you'll be back. Um, but I want to go ahead and reference a couple of things or kind of give some information on a couple of things that we referenced in the episode before we start here. Um, CoinTelPro was a program that the FBI had created in the 50s, and they infiltrated places like the Communist Party, uh, animal rights groups, uh, environmentalism, the Ku Klux Klan, but they also in, uh, infiltrated the Black Power Movement, um, Martin Luther King, Nation of Islam, um, civil rights movements, all this kind of stuff. And we're seeing a lot of these peaceful protests that have been that have been infiltrated and co-opted uh, turn violent. And I don't think that's that's in anybody's interest. And we also reference a place called Black Wall Street. And this was part of it was Greenwood, Oklahoma. It was part of Tulsa. And this was all a town that was during the Jim Crow era. And I encourage everybody that's listening to this, if you don't know what Black Wall Street was or the the race riot there, you should look into this. It is not covered in history history books you won't find it anywhere you you should look into this and it's a it's a dark day in our history that that needs to be held accountable and brought to the people's attention um there's another video that we reference and when we're talking about how the mini, the media manipulates things and how the media really pushes race and a division between races uh, i actually saw this uh somebody on twitter young bryce tucker retweeted this and it was a interview with these two gentlemen on the left and you see that they're armed with weapons and they had gone to this tobacco shop to guard it the media did not show that the two gentlemen on the right who are black are also armed and they're all working there together and alex made a very good point that racism brings in a lot of money uh fear is clearly used by the media to manipulate things um during this time i think something that you can really get from especially me talking with alex but all the stuff going on um, injustice um, to any american regardless of race is an injustice to us all we're all americans and um i i just think it's important that we bring light to these things and silence during these times really is deafening and there's a quote uh, jfk attributed it incorrectly to somebody i think it's you know kind of lost in the weeds as to who said it but the quote goes 
the only thing that's needed for evil to prevail is for good men to stand by and do nothing. And I think in times like this, uh, we being good men should all band together and fight and, you know, bring, bring light and attention to issues in the world. And again, Alex, I love you. Thanks for coming on. We'll have you back. But this is the grassy knoll. And on the grassy knoll, we're all shooters. And we get out in the weeds. Enjoy. Alex, would you just kind of give a little introduction here? Yeah, so how's it going, everybody? My name is Alex. I am here in Minnesota, Minneapolis. Um, met Brian through Spot Models. Uh, 2011. <laughs> Um, you know, reached out to me, you know, he asked me if I could be part of his, you know, movement and some things that he had going on. He thought what I had to say was, would be good to say. Um, so I thank him for bringing me on. Um, you know, graduated criminal justice degree. I played football at Northern Iowa. I was there when David Johnson was there. If you guys have any football fans on here. Um, so I didn't play at all really too much. <laughs> I'm transferred, uh, Transferred up here to uh, Concordia in St. Paul. I'm um, graduated there, like I said, with a criminal justice degree, sociology minor, in hopes of, you know, getting in the police force, maybe doing something with it. But, you know, being a hothead back at you and I got myself in a little bit of trouble. Um, didn't kind of happen how I had it planned. Um, but now I'm selling cars here at Enterprise Car Sales. Um, you know, it's been good for me. So I've been blessed. I'm getting married in July. Um, shout out to everyone Very getting nice. married. I know you're supposed to be getting married soon, I think, as well. Yeah, man, in August, August 1st. It had me scared for a second. I didn't know if it was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, I mean, it's it was all based upon, like, numbers as far as when they can open up, like, when businesses can open, when you can start, like, getting you know, more people inside of places, but not to get super conspiratorial so early, but I haven't seen anything on the news about the coronavirus. <laughs> I was just I was just talking about this with, with some of my friends. And it's crazy how, you know, the narrative changes so quick and everyone mm -hmm. rides with what's hot right now. Everybody mm -hmm. was scared of dying from COVID and now they're in clusters, literally, and no one's talking yeah. about it. Well, and also, man, you got to think, like, everybody has been locked up in their house for, like, yep. a month or two months. Scared. The media is always pushing fear. Always, mm -hmm. always, always pushing fear. And everybody's tensions are, you know, everybody's tensions are tight. Everybody's emotions are high. And then this murder takes place and everybody sees it it's a perfect like tinderbox of you know controlled destruction it's yep. it's like what's there's like a saying and i know this is like a butchering of the saying but paraphrasing was like tragedies show like actual issues and right. you know like this is a human race issue this is not left and right and you right. being in your location you know you kind of have some perspective on that yeah it's uh 
you know, it, it sends me back to a lot of other times, you know, before this, because, you know, a question that I, I've got that kind of caught me up has been from, you know, and, you know, the question of, you know, what should I do? And them telling me, like, they can't imagine how this, you know, things like that. It's honestly hard for me to respond to that because I'm not really sure what to say because it's something that you just learn how to deal with, you know? Like, seeing yeah. black people die by police is not anything new. And this one was clear. Yes. And I think that's, that's what got people different. You could see the hatred in his face and his eyes. Yeah, man. It's like, anybody who's played a sport or done any competitive that, you, you don't even really want to mess with it. <laughs> well, you know what was and super weird? Something that was super weird to me, that cop and George Floyd, they worked together as like bouncers at a bar for like, how many years was it, Nick? Like 17 years or something? I think like it was that? 10 years. or 10 years, something like something, that? 10 plus years. That's insane. That's like premeditated, dude. Like, you know that mm -hmm. guy. Like if any of my former coworkers are cops, and they kill me. Like, come on. Right. Like, you know me. Yeah. That's a, you know that's me. Yeah. It's, that's... it's hard. It is, it is hard. It's hard to see that because, you know, for, for you know, for me, I have a fiance who is white. We've been together a long time. Spent a week time. You know, she maybe didn't understand something I was saying or. You know, it didn't make sense if she's like, I don't see it, but like over time, be like it, like when she did see it, it hit it like a ton of bricks. And now yeah. seeing something like this, unfortunately, is the reason why people change. But like, you got to give, you, you got to understand, it's a process to this. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, as much as as I want want change, I know we can't put like this is this is a tree that you got to water every day. It's not. Mm -hmm. it, this is not a TV dinner. Yeah, and th that's a good analogy, man. It's not a TV dinner because it is something, man. It's something that takes time. And I said this earlier. Um, my sister <clears throat> and I have been talking. She actually went to the protest in Lexington last night. And um, we, we were talking about it. And like, some of the people that she knows um, are like messaging her, like, you know, some, you know, some bad things. And I told her, I was like, you know, you can't, like, you can't defeat an idea and, like, a system with violence. Like, you have to work together. This is an, a war of ideas. This is nonlinear warfare. This is something new that right. we, as, like, citizens, have to work together. Because, like I said, like, I've told, you and I were talking earlier, we were texting before all this, the politicians... They work for us. Like we we run this country and we hold the power and we can like we can make change as as a populace. Right. And I think a lot of people are ready for change. But mm -hmm. the problem is that well, let, let me just kind of not to spark off, you know, down a different path. But, you know, we had a lot of black male leaders when Martin Luther King was marching 
Yeah. And stuff. And then, you know, mass incarceration happened and you start locking up all these these men. And yes, you know, they may be doing some things, but these are also the leaders of the community that, you know, know how to communicate. So when you lock all those people up, you take away leaders and dads, the ones in the house telling their you know kids what's what's right and wrong. You take those people and then expect them to just know how to handle stuff. Mm -hmm. that's, that's unfair to me. That's I really totally unfair agree. to me because it's not set up for you to be able to, to flourish. So when you take away a big piece of it, like you take away your tire from a car, right? Mm -hmm. It's not going to function it's correctly. It's going to be clunky. Mm -hmm. Well, you so... Know? But you, got, you, you have a car. Uh, well, so like another hopefully something additional that can happen from this because not only the militarization of police that needs to go quick and you know that has to has to go fast i think you know there should be training requirements and we can get into that later but you're touching on like prison reform and i totally agree man Nonviolent offenders um jesus christ and the drug war it does not work and it would produce so much money for the country yeah and it yeah. would get it out of the hands of criminals mm -hmm. and it can be used to grow this country in a way that it you know it's never been done before it would be an entirely new industry it would be a new you know industrial revolution but in a different way and but yeah and well, that has disproportionately affected you know the black population. It, it, the crazy part about it is, is yes, it's affected the black community, but what do you see popping up now? Legal That's marijuana, dispensaries, mm -hmm. corporations now being able to purchase it. Like they're literally just ripping it right from out up under and using it for their, their game, which like, you know. Dude, think about this. During this whole pandemic, it, it's, like. It's bigger than just saying is that, you know, it's not. You know, fundamentally, single person is racist, but it's, it's the same way that, like, I don't, like, there's a lot of people that are ignorant, but there's ignorance on both sides. So, hmm. like, them the cancer, they're, you know what I mean? Wait, what'd you say? And so, the system, well, I'm saying there's ignorance on both sides, but... Hundred percent, yeah. The system one side to win, it's and it's been designed for another side not to. Win. So like, it's hard to really change any individual person if the if the system doesn't change. You know. Yeah, there has to be there has to be reform. And so, with you, what is your perspective on all of these like? protests turning violent like what are what's your perspective on all of that you know like i said having a perspective i do my my stepmom is actually you know i have a, a real mom uh, who is black i also have a stepmom who raised me who is white and and so like on one side of it i see exactly why everybody's angry and loud and mm -hmm. don't fit because you know what do you do when you're not heard 
Yeah. You, you throw a fit and you burn stuff. And the only, listen to this, the only, which I don't act like that's a solution because that's not long, t- that ain't sustainable. But if that's what they, what p- these people who are unemployed, have no money, have no nothing, have no guidance, haven't had much their whole life, you can't expect them to be locked. <laughs> nothing yeah. is, is logical about what's going on. These people already don't know a lot anyway. So, hmm. that, yeah, that's a good point. That really is. Because you don't, question, like, there's not like that foundation. Exactly. And, like I said, you know, during the, during the Martin Luther King times, you have black leaders. Like, right now, people are rioting and protesting, and that's good, but it's really not like anything that we're, we we could we actually fighting for it's just we want to be heard and like how do you tell somebody you want to be heard other than being yeah. loud because we don't want yeah. anything else but to be so, heard and to not be killed so um where are um are there any black leaders that you can like point to that are doing yeah. well in this time like i saw um i'm i'm a big fan of run the jewels and i saw killer mike on atlanta that was cool he's a cool dude Yep. I like Killer Mike. Uh, I listen to Charlemagne the guy. Yeah. Um, you know, one person like who connects to like the hood side of people is he he really if you follow him, he gives it to you real. Um, you know, I I listen to people like Will Smith a lot. Will Smith mm-hmm. has a lot of good pers- um so that's just a couple to right off the top of my head. Uh, so speaking of Charlemagne, what did you think of um, Biden yeah. on Charlemagne? <laughs> I had to I ask just, you about that. <laughs> I, I didn't watch all of it, honestly, but I yeah. just think Biden be pandering to try to get black people to vote for him because he was Obama's homeboy. Like you don't, you got as for me. Maybe you're talking. Maybe you're mentioning a part that I didn't see. You know what part I'm talking about. Which one? The one where he said, "If you don't, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black or whatever." Yeah, basically. But the, here's the thing, man. Biden's the dude that wrote. Biden is the dude that wrote that prison bill you're talking about. Exactly what I was about to get into, man. So hundred percent. So it's, I mean, the for, politicians for me, are the issue, dude. We have to get we have to get black I'm leaders, I'm like legit anymore. black leaders, legit white leaders. Every yeah. race has to be equally. Re- to this country, that yeah, dude. This country is. We you know give us or you're poor, you're hungry, you're weak. We are we give ourselves off as the melting pot, and if mm-hmm. there's injustice amongst any any group, there is injustice amongst this country, and it has to be dealt with. It cannot be allowed to get out of control. Yeah. And I told you this earlier. Black history is white future. You guys had the CIA yeah. put crack. The CIA was introducing cracking guns into black neighborhoods. You guys had to do Greenwood back in the like that whole town was destroyed. And now in like Appalachia, we have the mm-hmm. opioid epidemic. There's meth. We know people. Yeah. That's what man, it's is a system of oppression and it's just getting bigger and bigger and 
you guys are just having like you guys have had the brunt of it. I mean, you really have. And but it's it should well, be to, to your point. Yeah, it's a it's a human issue, man. It's not a racial issue. There's one race. It's the human race. We're all humans. Mm -hmm. And we just have to mm -hmm. stop looking at each other as being different. We're all we have the same rights allotted to us under the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. We're in this together. We should right. be. It's for our best interest. We should. And and to your point, like to your point, kind of give you you some perspective on like I've actually been touched by the you know crack epidemic myself. You know, and I'll share this with you. My mom actually, you know, was and she had five kids and she lost her kids and you know she's doing better now. But just going through that entire process, it was. It like she lost them one time or yeah. two times. She lost them still, you know, fighting. But to see that firsthand and what that can do, I mean, that's a strong woman that, you know, got gripped by something yeah. that once it happened, everybody labeled her a certain way. And as a black kid living in America, to have people label your black mom, you know, a certain kind of way that is just the bottom of the of the barrel of America, like, that's really, you know, she was the best mom or the worst mom like that's even in that time that's hard to see and yeah, so dude. you know i've seen you know that's that's why i you know have a unique perspective because i'm also you know living with my percent mom yeah man that's that's what i'm saying as soon as like all like all this stuff was happening i was like man i really would like to get in touch with alex and see what you know his perspective is because you do have an interesting overview of all this. Like it, you know, it, the problems in America, it's going to take people like us just talking and getting ideas out there. Like that's how yeah. we're going to change and we're going to have to do it together. Yeah. And that's important. And like coming together during all this, this is, and I've seen people like complaining about there being like protests, even like peaceful protests and stuff, man. That is our first amendment right. Mm -hmm. We should be doing that when we have a problem. Right. That that should be a thing. But then we have like things like Cointel Pro, where agent provocateurs are like yeah. sent to Which is you know crazy. make things worse. Yeah. Have you seen any of that or like and like the media misreporting yeah. on things, anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. Just to sow the 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 distrust, you know, mm -hmm. within, within the own the own party of, of people just really wanting, you know, that's that's what I have the hardest time coming to grips with is that they're they're trying to sow distrust in people that are only trying to make it better for other people, not even for themselves or for political gain or money, but just for other people to just maybe live a better, because we're not even trying to be be better or equal. We're just trying to be civil. That, yeah. That's the problem. And, and yeah. a question I would ask, is it, I asked a lot of my white friends this, is do you think that if you admit that there's white privilege or that you have an advantage that like you'll lose it or that it will mean less if you admit that you have it? Here, man. Here's my opinion on that. Looked upon like if you have to depend yeah. on your race to get you a job or a friend 
or whatever, if you have to depend on this color of your skin to get anything, you didn't deserve it in the first place. You should have to work. You should have right. to earn stuff. You know, like, as far as, like, having white privilege, like, yeah, like, that is 100% a thing. And, like, people that are afraid to, like, lose that, they don't, you know, like, you didn't deserve it in the first place. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't, it, well, there, nobody, in, we're all equal. I think equal. about it in this way. I think about it in this way, right? Like, everybody kind of wants to have money and be rich, right? Yeah. And why is and I, that? So you, you I want you that for everybody. First access to I do too. But but you wanna you wanna be rich so you can get the stuff that people don't don't have. That's a cross yeah, all races. Cool you wanna live in yeah. the best house, drive the best car. Yeah. Like that's a that's for everybody that I view those the same. Like if I can snipe a white privilege badge, like on my thigh, like I'm gonna use it, but I'm gonna <laughs> use it the right way. Yeah, you see, you see what I'm saying. That's a good People point. are using that that white privilege the wrong. That's a good point. Way if you use it the right, that's that's my frustration. Are the ones that can use it good and they don't do it on purpose. Mm. That's a good point. Um, so, did you see? There were riders at the media had shown two white guys like it was on the news it was like two white guys that had gone down to protect a tobacco shop and the the news only showed two white guys but there's a picture and it's two white guys and two black guys and they're both they're all four like totally armed they've got guns all this kind of stuff and do you think that there's yeah any like correlation with like how the media is are they you know they've already shown like all this panic and all this terror and everybody's scared yeah. do you do you think that there is like a a force like they're trying to force a divide between you know all the races yeah yeah because there's money in division man there's money that's, being divided mm-hmm there there is there is a ton of money in being all together <laughs> So yeah. that doesn't work. Um, so what do you think about the media in general? So that's the, exactly what I was going to get to. You know, the, I think the one thing Trump hasn't been wrong about, and not to say that he's a horrible guy or whatever, because I, I don't know. I mean, I can only see what I see, and I can only mm -hmm. judge that for myself. But he... He is right about the media. The media does lie. And that's why yeah. podcasts like this and other podcasts where LeBron James is allowing other athletes to open up and everybody's doing a podcast, that's the way of news now. People listen to Joe man. Rogan and what he says. People listen to certain people's podcasts and what they say, and that's what they run with. But that's what I'm saying. Joe Rogan, you know, to try to balance the book, and there's other people that use it for the complete opposite. Like, I don't, I don't don't have any names, you know, that I want to say, but you you, yeah. you get what I'm saying. I know what you mean. Um, so, do you know what Operation Mockingbird is? Mm -mm. My apologies. No, you're cool, Nick. Pull um, pull Operation Mockingbird up. Look at this. So, this is a CIA program where they infiltrated 
It was doing, uh, they infiltrated the news media for propaganda purposes. When was this? It started in like uh, the 60s, probably before then. I would imagine it probably happened during like Roswell, World War II, something like that. Well, oh, it was OSS. CIA was OSS in World War II. So it probably would have been an FBI problem or an issue. But what does it say? Uh, oh, yeah. Family Jewels report in 1973. So the early 60s is when they started. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the people in news media that have connections to the CIA, man, Anderson okay. Cooper, he was a, he's CIA in college. No way. He was a, yes, and he's a Vanderbilt. Yeah, which is a good school. Well, no, his family is the Vanderbilts. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that he oh, man. Yeah, he he was in the CIA in college. I'm telling you, man. Like, there is a control, or there's a there's a an effort to do this on purpose. I think, and I think it's going to take you know regular people. Exposing this, talking about this, getting all these ideas out there, and coming together as you know, as w- one group. But yeah, man, as far as well, Trump talking to the good, media, that's, he's one hundred percent right. Yeah, that's one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I do. I, I mean, that's one thing I I can see because I mean, like you said earlier, think about how quickly COVID stepped out of the limelight. Yeah. I mean, it was almost like. Nobody Instant. even cared. Nobody Instant. even cared. And, and and my problem is is people already had their distrust distrust and you know thoughts about if if it was real. But one thing I will say about it is I I asked a lot of people, do you know anybody that had it or the other people who live in more poor situations? Who you know we have underlying conditions. It's a completely different story. Like they have yeah. aunts and uncles and brothers and people who have died. So like that's what I'm saying. When you like have people on one complete side here, I think you know. See about you heard about the COVID. Yeah. Yeah, there's just two sides. There's a lot of people who are healthy that don't worry about it, but there's also a lot of other people and that have I mean, underlying uh, conditions. All right, so I would really like to ask you some legitimate solutions, like spitball us some solutions that we can talk about this, and maybe we can actually get a legitimate plan and get it out. At least one person, as long as we can get one person to think about this, and you know, we'll be doing our job. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I I had a post that I posted that got, you know, a good number of shares that, you know, were just some things that I think people can work on just from a get 1% better type of level. Right? At a time. Like, if I look too big, it'll I'll psych myself out. So, you know, a couple of things that I that I said, you know, I want white white people and non-black people most importantly to understand is that, you know, it's a process. We don't expect it to happen now. 
So understanding that we don't expect it to happen now is important. Secondly, being okay with you losing friends that aren't going to view things the same as you. And when you hear things, instead of that gut feeling of like, oh, I don't agree with that, you, you maybe not saying anything to them, but, but just cutting that person off or, you know, having a conversation another time is important. I think when you walk past white people, they tend to do that thing where they look to the left and they look up and they act like they're looking at something <laughs> and not make eye contact with you. So I think just acknowledging that, hey, I'm black and I exist because something that I do and my fiance, she'll tell you every single white person I walk by, I say hi. And if they don't hear me say hi, I make sure that I go like, hello, ma'am. Like, hi, <laughs> how are you? Which is a little embarrassing, but I want her to know that I see her and not, and I'm not a threat and that like I'm in mm. this with you as well. Because until you can be comfortable doing that, because that's uncomfortable, you can't be comfortable doing anything for, for black people. That's a good you point, You can't look dude. at eyes on the street. Come on. That's a good point, dude. So you can tell me that you care, and you can tell me that it matters, and you can do all that, but when you walk by my buddy with the sagging pants, or you see a black guy riding a bike, you automatically think that that guy doesn't have a bike or that guy doesn't have a car. He's poor. You know, like, I don't want people to think about that because if you see white people riding a bike, that's exercise. How you know that's not exercise? <laughs> that's true, man. That's you feel 100 me? True. Yeah, that's 100% true, dude. Um, um, do you think that, like, a ahead. lot of white people use this stuff as, like, virtue signaling and stuff like that to try to get like other agendas through you you know what me the person says yes because i just feel like i i understand that aspect that there's a little smoke screen to get something across you know i, I get all yeah. Of that yeah um my problem is you know doing it just directly in your in your face like don't get me wrong we're willing to put up with having less health care less education less everything you know but don't you ain't got a lot on that man come on that's just one thing we can't put up with we put up with everything for 400 years you burned down black wall street you killed you know all these people along the way emmett till freddie gray you know Alton mm -hmm. sterling you know Brianna Tay, you kill, you've killed all these people along the way, and you expect us to just be okay with how you doing it in front of us on TV? Like, mm -hmm. I just don't. Would you? I, I said, what are we doing? To, I ask, I ask everybody that's watching this, that's non-black, that that, and especially white. Would you trade places with your? most best like you everybody a lot of people have a black friend that they separate from other black people yes or no what do you mean like every every group of friends or like whatever like if you're if you're a white person like you have black friends but you have that black friend that you're like man this guy is like different than all the other black guys yeah dude that you're you're that for me so look, so look, I ask people this question on a day-to-day on a -day basis. Would you trade places with that person? With you? And live their life. Mm. That is an enticing would thought, you, you know? 
Because people say they trade places with Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt. We'll see. I kind of think people, that... Right? But would you trade... We'll See, man, I, here's my opinion on that. Like, Bring I don't my think fiance people, into the building. I don't think people should be wanting to trade places. I think that we should be living in a world where everybody is happy and content with themselves. And I think if there's, again, I keep saying this, but like this is a one race issue. Like we are one race. We're the human race, and there is, there are forces that don't want that to be like a mainstream thought. You shouldn't, we shouldn't yeah. have to be having these conversations like one death, one wrongful death from a police officer, regardless of the race is too many. That shouldn't be happening. Right. The job of the police yeah. is to protect and to serve. They get paid out of taxes. It goes well beyond like race this is an institution that needs to be mm -hmm. and i know i know personally i know um two police officers off the top of my head from back home and they're great dudes right um exactly and i'm you know like and people say like you know one bad apple out of the bunch and but people always are, are like people always talk about like these looters and stuff like that and they're calling them all black people and that's the same thing yeah, it's the sure. exact thing. Exactly. It, it's white what people in there too, man. There's all kinds. It's everybody doing it. It is because and everybody's just, fed up. It's not. Yeah. It's no longer really. They've hijacked it to kind of be a black, a black, white thing. But this has came down to a right or wrong. Thing. Like it's really about what you think is right and what is wrong at this point. Like, you can try to make it about race at the end of the day, but anybody who's watching any of these videos see black people looting and rioting, white people looting, looting and rioting, in the same respect that they want for their little 10% or 1% of bad cops, they aren't giving that, that same respect to all the other people that are peacefully protesting, like a lot of my brothers and sisters that are out there. They want to try yeah, to classify when it's convenient for them, but they don't want to do it all the time. And I said, keep that same energy because here's another thing, Bradley, the, the, with the combination of blacks, whites, Mexicans, you know, Arabs, whatever, and not Arabs, everybody combined, the white is, is starting to become the minority. Mm -hmm. Yeah, between, 100%. between all non-black people. So that's also something that nobody's talking about, that only people who are in government and stuff know those numbers and can see that, actually. Um, do you Have you ever heard of, like, the Sing... You know, like, Singapore? Do you know anything about Singapore? I don't, man. So, I, so I wish I had better knowledge of a lot of this stuff. I'm sorry. Um, no, you're cool. Singapore is, like, very multicultural. Like, there are people from a vast number of countries that live there. And it's because it's, like, a pretty big hub for, like, trade and, like, economics and business and stuff like that. And they don't have, like, any racial issues there. Because everybody is so, like, intermingled. And mm -hmm. if, they're, if they're not biracial, like, their neighbor is, you know... So they're like these kids are being exposed to these people that are different races at a young age, and it's not 
they're not ignorant about it. They're yeah, um, yeah. Here we go. That you're you're yeah, getting I, exposure I, to I ideas at a young age. The right things the right way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you know who Do you know who Daryl Davis is? Daryl Davis. The name sounds familiar. Man, I, he, I, I, I'm, he was, I'm hurt. I'm hurting that I don't know a lot of these. I apologize. He, I, if I make no, it no, on, you know, cool. for a second coming. You yeah. Know. No, this uh, this guy was on. He was on an episode of Rogan, and you mentioned Rogan earlier. And he has like he has converted like over two hundred members of the KKK, mm-hmm. and it's just amazing for him to like talk about how you know it's he because he was raised in like his family was in the his father was in like the military or whatever, and yeah, this guy he's got the voice of an angel too, but um his father was in the military and so he kind of grew up traveling the world with other military families and he didn't yeah. understand what like racism was until he was like 10 years old in America mm-hmm. and it's a sh- and uh, here's another thing though people say you know the long history of this nation this nation is only 243 years old right. we're and this we have a very bloody history and it's early on and we have a chance to make this nation, yes. we're in the early stages of it, man. If you look how old like England and all these other countries are, they've been doing this for a long time. We were not found. We were not founded that long ago, mm-hmm. and we can actually change it, man. We're on like the ground floor, for sure. So, okay, Alex. So, what's something that you think can man. come of this? Do you think that we're going to see like some? <laughs> Black politicians, some Asian politicians, some Latino politicians, some white politicians, some purple alien people. I mean, everybody. I don't care who. Do you think that we're going to see like some more people stepping up, whether it be politicians or just leaders in communities, anything like that? Well, you know, it's hard to say because... They have it all starts down with voting those people on the ground who are, you know, Mm. doing the protesting and thing. They got to understand, like, they have to vote these people. And you can't just talk about social media and posts. Like, you actually got to go to the ballot box and know who it is you're voting for. And one thing I say with voting, you go exactly, but then. There's a lot of to vote for that you have no idea who they. In order to submit your ballot, you almost feel like you have to fill it in because you have signs and tests that look exactly the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, what do you think about like so money in politics? Since... I mean that that's the root. That's part of the root of it as well, and I think that's why news media, these news media conglomerates are owned by really wealthy people so mm-hmm. they pretty much control what they what they want to come out and what they don't so yes i do think you know a lot of that stuff is controlled and i do think that money is a big factor behind all of it because if money wasn't a factor they would put out what matters but they don't good point <laughs> they put That's out what's convenient you know yeah. so 
Like, so I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. What were you saying? Uh, black leaders, what now? Um, it, it's hard because you got to get people at the at the voters box to mm -hmm. to vote these black leaders in, and a lot of times you don't even necessarily know what a lot of these black leaders are about, um, or when to vote, or how to vote. Like I know how to do that, but there's a good segment of people that really have no idea how to do that at all. Like uh, yeah. genuinely. And yeah. so when they say they want to cut off absentee ballots, absentee ballots or, or writing ballots, like that's not fair because some of these people can't even read, actually. So mm -hmm. like, you're going to take away that and these people can't read, like that, that's just a recipe for nothing. For stuff to be the same, you, you know? Yeah. thing I think is, is imperative, but... You know, distrust that they, that people so much distrust that people would rather just be like, you know, go and vote. You know what? Nobody deserves my vote. And, and you not showing up to the batters to the batters of black part of their winning strategy. They want you to not show up because then yeah. you, then you don't count. And as a person, that's really one of the the only things you tr truly yeah that answers your question yeah 100% man um closing thoughts anything you want to say anything you want to plug anything you want to anybody it, that anybody's listening anything you want to send them to go look at anything like that uh let me you know what I I wrote some notes down in the midst of this. Uh, yes, one thing. One thing I did want to is for you know the Colin Kaepernick thing, and I keep thinking of when those the people in Michigan they were they were fighting. You know they they love. AKs loaded because they couldn't get their hair done and do these things and go out and do these these freedoms, right? Mm-hmm. We're protesting sometimes peacefully so that we're just heard so that you don't... And you see how those two are viewed completely different? 100%. And to your point about the Colin Kaepernick thing, man, that was a totally peaceful protest. And the media gave him Every man, the media crucified him. Like they they treated him awful, and companies treated him awful, and people treated him awful. Horrible. And that was a peaceful protest. And you know who it made mad? He was about this exact stuff. Dude, you know who it made mad? It made companies mad. Right. Companies got mad. And it was a problem for companies because people were waking yeah. up. Yeah. And man, I'm telling you, I feel like that's what's happening now. And yeah, I just feel like we're up. in we're in that opportunity. We're in this, I don't know, we're in this weird like vortex where we can like actually do something about it. We can do something about like the evil I in the world. 
I agree, man. I agree completely. And if I, if anybody takes anything from anything that we're saying here, that I'm saying today, or that he's saying today, is you know, give people time to change. Don't them to change right now. Because I want everybody to, that has this energy right now, where they're texting all their black friends, like, "What can I do to have this energy in eight months? Mm-hmm. Have this energy in the winter time. You know, have this energy like like for for the rest of your life. Like, can you do that?" Yeah, you have to fight. We have to fight for our fellow Americans every day. And if you're not doing that, then you're not doing it right. We're all in this together, man. We are. We are, man. It's it's insane that the way that the media has, you know, manipulated this. And from what I have seen outside forces, I don't know if you have, you know, seen... Instances of that, but just manipulation. Like right. I said, and, and we didn't even, and we didn't even touch on very much about like me being in Minneapolis. You know, I yeah, I, yeah. I touch on that at, before we go. Yeah, I haven't. I I haven't been at a ton of you know the the protests just because I I I still work you know nine to not nine to seven mm-hmm. every day. <laughs> so like yeah. a lot of times when that stuff is happening, you know. I'm not able to do it, but what I'm also doing is trying to find alternative ways like this to still do my part and voice my opinion because Martin Luther King was in in the street. You know, Malcolm X was doing his thing. Thorga Marshall was in the courts. Like, they had the inside game, the outside game. Like, they had strategy and a plan. Like, we got to and my fiance, she's going to do what she can. Her her brother-in-law, you know, my brother-in-law, they're doing what they can. And, and one thing I'll say too, one thing that they, they're doing that's, that she's done is, you know, she's trying to help people understand what, it, what white privilege is like. And she's like, if I apply at a job, I don't ever think that I'm not going to get it. You know, mm. if I get pulled over by a cop, like, I don't think that really much is going to happen besides a ticket. Like, you know, people think I'm educated, you know, is what my brother-in-law said. You know, people just think I have it all and that I know it and that I've got it figured out. Like, he's like, they just assume these things out of me. You know, you don't assume those things out of a lot of black people. And he's like, that's unfair because, you know, Alex is one of the best guys I know. And now seeing this just makes me appreciate him even more. And you calling me and letting me know that, like, that that really means a lot that, that people appreciate us, especially now when you see so much hatred. So I appreciate yeah. that from you. Uh, hey, man. Um, I don't know if you um, like believe in like destiny or fate or anything like that. But who knows, man, that c- this could have been the reason that we met. I mean, seriously, to get. Yeah, absolutely. To get a point across, to get to to bridge a divide, you know. And you know, what, that's to, remember what you were saying <sighs> earlier. It's all about a vibe, right? And when yeah. I went to the spa thing, I said there will be one person from this thing that I connect with after this, and I don't know when it will be. But that's yeah. why I'm choosing to go to this thing because yeah. I I left during a basketball season and didn't get to play in the state champion, not in the state uh, champion or semifinal game because yeah. I left and went to it. <laughs> they yeah. were pissed, dude. I, said, and I can't miss it. <laughs> like the within like five ten minutes of us being there. Like instantly, we were. Sure. It was like we had known each other, for sure, for forever. For sure. Yeah, and that, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, like, if total strangers can have that kind of connection, 
there's no right. excuse for the American public to not. You know what I mean? Like to to yeah. work together to to be better. Yeah. This yeah, isn't man. a referendum on on white people either. You know, white people. It's okay to feel what you feel. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to have your fears and you know think a certain way. But you just got to start telling black people what it is that you're feeling because I promise you they're going to be very understanding of you telling them and they'll be willing to to you know change. And one thing I'll tell my black people and I'm I'm gonna go after this. And this is from having a, you know, fiance that has a different background. When you raise your voice as black people, that that sheer tone scares people. <laughs> I talk loud. I'm telling you. I can <laughs> so learning to kind of, you know, understand that aspect too is is huge so if i could if any of my black people take something from this you can get your message across too without yelling amen communication and everything is key yep and i think communication in you know your marriage life communication in your regular life and communication during times of troubles it's important no i agree i uh, i agree Man, it's uh, been great. I really appreciate you. This is this is the first podcast I've been on. My mom's gonna be excited for me to tell her about how you remembered her buying pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it was so good. I'll never forget. I will never forget it. I really, I will. That is like that whole trip. I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. Ricardo's mom telling us how she appreciated how outgoing we were for Ricardo. Ricky Ricardo Suave. Yes, sir. Ricardo Swan. Yeah, man. Yeah. Flyers dude cool. there. Shy guy, but flyers dude. Yeah, he was cool, man. So. All right. Thanks for being on here, man. Cool, man. Yeah. I'm hoping that I can do what I can to get your podcast out there. Thanks for having me on. It was a blessing and an honor the first time as well, too. Anytime, so, man. Um, Anytime. You know, hopefully hopefully you ha- you'll have to get me and my fiance on here next uh you know if you ever you know need an interracial couple for one of your podcasts down the road 100%, um, man. 100%. you know let us know man we can we'll we get can you on for like well an update too. absolutely let's do it man yeah. I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna pump your thing your podcast out here dude let's do it i thanks, appreciate dude. you i appreciate you man thanks for coming on here seriously it means a lot yeah absolutely and to your buddy too uh nick right Let's go, Nick. So, <laughs> say what's up. Shout, hey, shout out Alex and shout out Spa Models as well too. Shout out my my yeah. you know my siblings as well too. They're fighting the fight as well too, and I know they got a lot of good points. My sister, maybe somebody uh, going to be a teacher. So, man, I got a lot of perspective, a lot of stuff. So, man, we'll we'll chat it up and make sure we get you guys, you know, what you need to flourish for sure. I appreciate it, man.